Good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another thrilling installment of Iron City by Night here, powered by Carrying Comfort Studios. That's the first time I've ever said it like that, and it felt weird. I'm sorry. Um, before we get started with tonight's stream, I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, it's excellent. Happy to see you, uh, and, and I hope you enjoyed Rage Across Birmingham. It was like a little bit of a Edgar Wright movie version of a Werewolf the Apocalypse game, so it was pretty great. Uh, check out the merch store, thirsttrapmothman.threadless.com, where the profits made for all of the uh, merch for the designated shows goes to promoting and advertising for those. We're developing something for that. We're having a, a nice little meeting on Tuesday, a meeting of the minds and all hands. So we're gonna be figuring out the future of Carrying Comfort. You're tired of me talking. You want to get to that spicy, juicy opening credits, and then we can roll in and figure out exactly what happened after that crazy episode last week. So let's see what happens. All right? All right? All right? All right. So, a quick recap from last week's episode before we roll into Chapter 7, Point of No Return. After gathering evidence and information, the Coterie split up for the night, Aaron making a dead drop for some of those items for them to be inspected by the Tremere, Primogen, Gregory Reuters. Restless sleep, some waking up hungry. There was a quick group text chat to figure out the next steps. Old Laszlo Khan was graciously released from his time in the labyrinth from one Madeline, Books was able to reach out to a few friends about seeing somebody, the purple-haired woman at Liner. Altair uh, managed to make it to his apartment and had someone, a close friend, or not a close friend, a new friend, reach out to him. And Aaron ate crow. He slept in a tree. And once everyone got back together, he was able to make an apology with Altair, and they shared a very tender Top Gun-esque motorcycle ride to Black Market Five Points, there where they met up with books. Madeline, seemingly still in a mood, which understandably so, kept herself hidden from the rest of the group until a very inopportune text message revealed that she was there the whole time. After a very I'd say begrudging apology and discussion on uh, outside of the restaurant. They all received a text saying that they were invited to a showing of Gone with the Wind at Alabama Theater, which is actually a veiled invitation to Elysium that night. Making their way, they were able to get in unaccosted, checked in, grabbed some refreshments, and made their way into the Alabama Theater auditorium where they saw there were a myriad of mannequins set up. And our very own Malkavian prince, Alexander Silverson, playing a rousing, rousing organ um, medley for them as they entered. 
after heated discussions, which led to Venture Primogen Carson Collier being, I would say, emasculated by a Madeline. The coterie were made, were given a very high position. The terms of that position were laid down. Carson was none too pleased. And because of their excellent investigation skills, the Coterie was rewarded a domain. Now, it's been two weeks since then. Each of you, I would like to know what has occurred in those two weeks. Can we talk with books first? Um, I think that, um, Books is mostly trying to, um, just trying to get acclimated to the situation. He's, I'm not sure, like, how much downtime there was or if there was a, if there was any, like, a lot of, like, official business or meetings that we had as a group but well let me go ahead and fill in some of the blanks here mm -hmm. for you a little bit so immediately after being told that you were given a domain the prince gave you an option of five different locations and different areas that you would be able to call your very own now with you being investigators for him and looking into this tom tombstone killer there's a lot of rights given to you a lot of things that you're allowed to do uh, you're essentially all for dirty harry here but that you still have to maintain the masquerade which means you have to respect others domains which includes the the other primogen around you still you have to toe the line. You can tiptoe over that line, but there's still things that you have to maintain. So you were all given a clear breakdown of all of that. You you are to you can essentially go anywhere, and any means necessary gain information about Tombstone within reason, as long as it doesn't breach Masquerade wholly, and as long as you don't murder anybody important. <laughs> it was exactly Silverson's words. Don't murder anyone important. Um, he doesn't want to run things like the Anarchs. You were given the area that you've chosen, and once we get everybody's up to, up to speed and everything we'll have the past two weeks, um, then we'll go into a little bit more description of that area. Um, but some key things happened. Uh, it, there was a lot of downtime. Um, uh, but... Uh, and it was an odd amount of downtime. Not a lot of crazy things or, like, wild things happened in the two weeks since then. Uh, but the night, like, late at night, the night of you all being awarded this new position, there was a wolf howl that rocked and was seemingly heard all across the state, though nobody really knew where it came from. There are sources that it could have been a UFO type of situation, or it was, there's some right-wing conspiracy group saying it was ley lines or a you know, false flag attempt or something. There was testing going on from the government, um, a lot of different things, but it was known to make the stars brighter and the ground did shake for a little bit, though it wasn't like an earthquake, which Alabama is not known for earthquakes. We're not on a tectonic plate line or anything. Um, 
But uh, seemingly, it had some of the Primogen Council spooked, uh, quite decidedly. Uh, there was also a um, new kid in town, essentially, that was uh, accepted into the Camarilla Society. A uh, young gentleman named Luca, uh, who was also a gangrel. Um, you haven't officially been introduced to him yet, but um, people are buzz. He seems to be bringing a lot of insight on what's happening up north in New York City. Al Silverson was very excited about that. He said that he was sent from the prince up there, and so graciously accepted and awarded, and he's just trying to find a new place. Um, other than that, everything seemed to be oddly peachy keen. There's been no killings, no sightings of Tombstone. Um, your new position was announced to the rest of society. Uh, there were some rumblings about them not being too happy and pleased with two newcomers and two that are not seemingly well-liked within the community being given this much party or this much power. Uh, and though they tried to keep it from getting out, the rumors are abuzz that Carson Collier was emasculated in front of the whole Primogen Council and hasn't been able to redeem himself. And he hasn't been seen since. He's been holed up in that tower of his. But yeah. So, um, in general, I think books is books basically for now has come to the conclusion that this he's going to try to make the most of this setup so like um he's very cooperative whenever um the group wants to do something and very punctual attentive but anytime there's downtime he's probably out um um he's probably spent um like he he's resumed to probably going going out um mm -hmm. to bars and clubs and stuff yeah um whenever you know if there's if there's free time for that oh yeah of course man's gotta um, eat you know <laughs> uh also i think books would like to look into possibly finding a car car is a very useful thing um, he doesn't have a lot of money but could, he could probably try to find like some shitty used car or something yeah well you know let's go ahead and try to roll for that uh why don't you give me a um charisma finance check uh that is two two successes so going to a used car lot because you're not going to be having a lot of luck with the big brands like a honda toyota dealership uh and by look they would probably sell you a car but you would have a terrible interest rate you'd get gouged out but you thinking ahead knowing looking at your money and you know being like present of mind uh books is books is very aware of like how things go in the world uh went to a used car lot now i'm going to give you two choices here you're going to be able to get a rinky dink like pickup truck and by rinky dink i don't mean that it's like like small or anything like that it's a decent sized pickup truck but it's there's something off about it 
like there's like something rattling, but like it hasn't affected like the driving too much. You took a test drive of it, or, or, you could get yourself a motorcycle. Now it's not a Harley or a Bonneville Triumph or anything like that. It is it is a it is a like biker boys style like probably would have to wear knee pads because when you turn at high speeds it's going to lean down to the ground but it's not like a like a high class style like speed bike or anything like that it is it is probably an off-brand honda speed bike so you have two options <laughs> um join me <laughs> we get cool jackets um are they like are they around the same price? Is the motorcycle cheaper? Uh, the motorcycle is cheaper. So that would leave you a little bit more money for you to take care of yourself, your financial situation, everything like that. Um, well, yeah, I guess I'll go with the motorcycle then. All right. Um, uh, you can go ahead. I, I'll make a note as well as you can, too, that uh, Books is now in possession of a motorbike. Uh, so... And it's and it's not, it's it's like a deep red, and it's got like red like slash paints on it. It seems like it was getting it was a repossession. Uh, somebody had uh, failed to make payments on it, and so you were able to purchase it. Nobody had sold it because nobody's really driving those kind of motorbikes anymore. They've kind of gone out of style. Um, so you have this at your disposal. Awesome. So now you can do man stuff with Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I think um, knowing that uh, Aaron is a motorcycle enthusiast, I probably will um, talk to him like frequently about different things about it and figure out how to. Because I'm just, I mean, I'm going to say that Books probably has never ridden a motorcycle before this, but it, <laughs> it was just a good deal and he knows someone that can help him oh yeah 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 that's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a uh a great little bonding moment um all right well is there anything else that happened in the two weeks to books um i i also wanted to look into it seeing if there's a, a way for books to gain some income like a like recurring income get a job or something yeah but you know, there's there seems to be a lim limited amount of time for that, but maybe something. Well, and also if there's, um, if there's anything that might be like, kindred friendly, I don't know if that's a thing. Well, being one of the very few gangrel, one of the very few out gangrel in this town, um, there's a lot of use for you here, books. You've got, you know, you're good at tracking. You've got, you've got this edge to you over a lot of other things. So there's plenty of people looking for in the kindred society looking for a courier or tracking jobs, hunting down people, you know, it's not very moral work, but it's good paying work. Um, well, yeah, I'll probably look into things like that. Um, especially if like, if it's, if I can sort of gauge each, available job out and decide if I'm willing to do it. Um, there's, I think there is a line in terms of things that, that books wouldn't do, but you know, to make ends meet, he might, he might b venture into the gray area. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, there is um, actually uh, Savannah Benson, who is uh, is the uh, Toreador whip, uh, is constantly looking for someone to help her out, looking for a, a, a messenger of some sorts, and she's always willing to give you a job, and you, you know, you're able to, 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 to accept or deny as you see fit. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it would be things like, go and drop this package off at this place. Make sure that you're not too, you know, not too out in the open. Or, you know, go ahead and pick this up for me and bring it here. Don't make eye contact with anyone. Very specific details. Why don't you go ahead and give me a, let's see here. Just give me a Whitson Streetwise check. Three. Three successes. Excellent, yeah. And Savannah, you do good work. Savannah, she she doesn't give you too many like high paying jobs because she's like very uneasy around you with your new position and you being so like elevated in such a short time. But she's always willing to help you out and give you and throw a couple hundred bucks your way or, you know, a cool like a cool like 2K or something for some of the more intensive stuff where it requires you to like watch somebody's apartment for an entire night and just document their movements for her. Um, it seems like how she carries herself, she seems like a very like girl boss, like power forward. Like I'm like she she appreciates like like good work and she has a good eye for people that are good at their jobs and everything like that. But it's very nefarious stuff that she's having you doing. You you have a feeling, a gut instinct. Alright. Well Altair. In the two weeks leading up with you moving into your new domain, what has Altair been doing? Um, so I think mostly he has been catching up with his patients because he does, in fact, have a job where he needs to help people and wants to help people. That he does. That he does. And with everything going on, uh, would you say Altair has been distracted? Um, I think he's usually pretty good at separating his kindred dealings and his helping uh people dealings but i think with all this tomb tombstone killer stuff and investigation it's a little more than he's used to so he might be a little distracted why let's see how distracted that he's been okay with a composure and medicine check that is huh all right yeah. let's i don't think that's see. one that's often thrown around well, i got some dots in it but hey i would hope so with you being a therapist yeah, I got a lot of dots in science, too. <laughs> okay. That's two successes. Two successes. So you're able to do good work. You, you think, you being an empath as much as you are, you're able to keep a keep an eye on things, t stay tuned in, take proper notes, give good advice. But there's been something that's kind of uh, distracting you a little bit because you've been having a bit of a text conversation with a new friend of yours, Reese. Now, you were supposed to hang out with Reese a couple weeks ago, but Reese got called away on business out somewhere in Texas, and but we'll be coming back soon. And it's been odd. The text messages have been odd. I don't know how Altair would reply to them, but they've been borderline flirtatious, but haven't Bastard. crossed over that line yet. It's been like the, like, 
it's never been like something of like thinking of you or missing you or anything like that. Nothing very blatant, but it's been like, well, you know, Altair stays up late. And even though he's got a day job, Reese might stay up a little bit too late and text, but you know, text back with Altair. Who knows? Something That's that even great. the coterie might have noticed that Altair would sometimes be looking at a at a text message and then have a, a small smile appear at the corner of his mouth or something. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely times where they're all like hanging out or whatever in their their domain haven, and he just like pulls out his phone and he's just like texting on it, <laughs> and, like he smiles at it and then like realizes people are looking at him and he's like, just kidding. Aaron's probably reacting with you dang kids and you reaction memes and gifs. <laughs> Um, great. Yeah, and so he's been chatting up Reese then. Um, I think the only other thing that really he's been doing separate from the Coterie is just doing some research into, um, Kindred and their various abilities and, well, out of game, Mm. you know, disciplines. Um, yeah. But just trying to learn more because really he's mostly just familiar with obviously stuff that he and Aster can do. He knows generally what other people can do, but he doesn't know like a lot. Would this be something that Altair would want to work with somebody else about or would want to research because it's too much pressure to research with somebody else? Um, I mean, I think he's pretty good at researching on his own. Excellent. I mean, I mean he's used to being on his own in general. So. Well, let's see about it, huh? Why don't you go okay. ahead and roll me an intelligence and a cult? Ah, that is uh, six critical. Six critical. See, I didn't six doubt you. messy critical. I didn't doubt you at all. You really didn't have to roll at all because it all fits in <laughs> mechanically, but I just wanted to see you sweat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but, but it, it determines on how quickly Altair is able to nail it down. And studying and, and, and researching like that comes secondhand to Altair. It's, it's easy. It's... It's the one thing that doesn't bring you pressure or, or any anxiety is because you're in total control of how much information you take in and how much you study and everything. So you're able to learn a little bit more about Kindred and what makes them tick and, and, and the different things that they can do. And it's able, you feel your beast kind of working in tandem with you so that maybe Altair himself is able to tap into that learning a little bit more. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Madeline. Yes. So in the two weeks, Madeline has partially moved in uh, to the Haven home. She has uh, brought her dining room with her. Uh, She's rebuilding her bedroom, but it's noticeably less pink. It's just more... um, kind of average dorm room style she's been a lot more quiet a lot more reserved not in a soft kind of way but in an isolationist kind of way mm-hmm. she's gotten a lot more internal a lot of, uh it's closed off a little bit more to this this group of people here excellent not as much to them but she's definitely quieter in their interactions mm-hmm. seems that uh what has happened the last time we were all together has uh, kind of affected Madeline a little bit. Mm-hmm. The whole experience, that whole day, has affected her a little bit. And yeah. Aaron, how about yourself? Who? All right. Um, so Aaron's Aaron's definitely moved in. 
uh, his the room he's kind of claimed is very Spartan. He basically just has a twin bed and a dresser in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he has done is taken the garage for the, the house that they have claimed and turned it into a little bit of an auto repair shop. Um, collected some tools from wherever and done all that. Um, so he definitely, once uh, books came back with a bike, he would have been like, oh, let me make you some room. Mm-hmm. And uh, done what he could to maybe uh, make some improvements on it. Um, you yeah, know, so. just make sure everything is in working order for books. Um, but beyond that, it's probably actually spent a lot of time not there. Um, being new to the city, uh, he would have been uh, still exploring, um, mm-hmm. mapping out Birmingham and specifically their domain yeah. and um, doing some of that, but also trying to make some new friends. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So you recently made a connection with one Marcus Wyndham of the night crew at Liner, the night of Halloween. I did. And he gave you something that might help you on your way to link up with them. Yeah, he did. And we were able to have a role beforehand to see how well you were able to get a hold of them. Because the night crew, even though they do hang out in some of the similar places like Sloss Furnace because they know that it gets under the uh, skin of some of the kindred that are part of the Camarilla around there. Nobody really knows where they actually hang their hats. Mm -hmm. You take some time to map the city because there's no better way than getting to know your city than just driving the streets, learning up and down all the alleyways and everything. And one night you have a feeling... Something on the wind that there's there's some shit stirring up. Okay. And you were able to find near the train yard, outside of an abandoned convenience store, there was a bit of a party going on. A bonfire of sorts where there was security. It seems like it was an event, but it was a VIP-only event. You were able to make your way inside, though, with the help of you being recognizable by... Marcus Wyndham. Hmm. He was able to uh, buddy up with you. Okay. And even though he's not the head of the night crew, he's he's pretty high up there. Um, you were able to spend the evening drinking. He, he always prefers hanging out with Kendra that are able to stomach liquor and food in general. You know, you've always got to get rid of it by the end of the night. But, you know. I can hold my own. Exactly. Seems that might be one of the prerequisites of being uh, hanging out with the night crew. And okay. you haven't gotten in too good with them yet. There's still some members of that whole group of anarchs that are very hesitant because they've heard the stories. They know that you're kind of buddy-buddy with the Camarilla and high up now. So they're very hesitant. But Marcus, he smells, uh, he smells something different about you. And he's willing to he's willing to connect with you and uh, kind of get you in close. See if you could uh, meet with um, meet with who uh, heads up the night crew, uh, a certain person named Bran. Mm. Um, and he's very very open to you making that connection and potentially, uh, you know, getting a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
Is there another thing that you want to do, Aaron? Yeah. Um, part of what Aaron's been doing while um, exploring is also, you know, we have a sizable chunk of a neighborhood mm-hmm. to kind of call our own. And Aaron does like privacy from time to time. So yeah. he would have found another place to kind of set up a secondary haven within their domain. Of course, yes. And his own, his actual own place, not just yeah. the shared one. So we went ahead and took care of that role beforehand too. And it's very understandable that you wouldn't want to set up completely within, you know, the domain yeah. haven. Because even yeah. Batman still has the Batcave, even though he's got the watchtower in space for the Justice League, you know, or the Hall of Justice. You know, he, he, he needs a place to brood. And so does Aaron. Aaron needs a place to brood too. And you found the most fitting spot that would be excellent for you to brood. A abandoned shed on the property of Oak Hill Cemetery. Oak Hill Cemetery is one of the large cemeteries here in Birmingham. And this is an old, old uh, groundskeeper's shed that uh, Aaron was able to make sure that all the uh, cracks and creases that were light get into it were covered up mm-hmm. and effectively make it a secondary shop point. Yeah. It's, it's far enough away from the Coterie's Haven. Yep. Um, where if any of you got into another argument, or not if, but when you all get into another argument, you'd able to get away, clear your head a little bit, listen yeah. to some music, and you know, mm-hmm. do manly things in there, like clean guns and you know, to it's also, fight. it's also you know, um, particularly with some of the company errands trying to ingratiate himself with for whatever yeah. reason, yeah doesn't necessarily want to be followed back to mm-hmm. the group haven and show where it is if they if they are being cautious of him which he would assume so good to have a backup always always in case of trouble if everything uh, with this tombstone stuff kind of implodes you want to be able to have a dead drop spot where you can go grab your go bag and then get the fuck out of there exactly excellent well i think this is an excellent part point to talk about this domain that you have. So, in between last week and this week, I built up something. We, we did domains a little bit different here, because typically with V5, you do the whole coterie building and the domain building when you do character creation in your session zero. Session zeros are important. You should always do session zeros if you're doing a long-running campaign, or if you're just doing one-shots. That's for another discussion, though, and another time. But I gave them five different areas that are important to Birmingham. Central City which is downtown, Highland Park, Avondale slash Industrial Center, and there's some bleed over, Five Points South, and North Birmingham. Each of these areas, I assigned different points with the Shaz, Leon, and Portillon. I don't know if I pronounced those right. You can yell at me later. All right, they're made up words. Uh, (laughs) um, And they all had different levels in each of those. Now, these are not the set levels that the group can have. They can upgrade their domain with using uh, experience points that they have and and combined experience. Uh, Just in case they want to, you know increase their domain lines a little bit, take over a little bit of turf and territory, or boost up the security of the area, or kind of ingratiate themselves in with the local populace. Um, Now, they did choose North Birmingham. For those of you that are not familiar with Birmingham, Alabama, North Birmingham is a place, it's a part of town that most people wouldn't venture out to. And when I say people, I mean people that live in Birmingham, like 
like at Highland Park or over the mountain in Mountain Brook or Homewood, they probably wouldn't go to North Birmingham because it's considered to be a lower income part of the city. Now, just because that's, the, that's how a lot of people view it doesn't mean that it's not a wonderful part of the city. There's a wonderful, vibrant culture. There's a lot of different people that live out there. There's some restaurants that you can look around and find them that are actually pretty damn good, and they're not expensive, like a lot of the gentrified areas in this city. What's really great about this area, though, is that there's not a heavy police presence, and there's not a heavy kindred presence either. So there's not going to be a lot of people knocking on their doors. There's not going to be a lot of people snooping around. When we did it this way, how we did it with this domain, they were all given an advantage and a flaw that's related to their domain. And we'll see that be utilized as we go on with the game. But the benefit to their headquarters here is that it's wide open spaces. There's plenty of room for them to roam free, you know? It's like a farm upstate. Um, but it's farther away from downtown and the other parts of Birmingham, so if they ever need backup out there, it's going to take longer. If they need something to be delivered to them, it's going to take a little bit longer. Your all's domain headquarters is on a hill. This building, you can tell why no one has been living in this building for a while. It's got a feeling to it. it it's, it's one of those buildings that when you look at it, you're like, something wrong happened there. It's not run down by any means. It's a two-story, two-bedroom abandoned house near Oak Hill Cemetery. It overlooks the cemetery. It's got a prime hill spot. It's got a nice backyard. It's got a garage attack, uh, attached to it. But it just feels wrong. Like... Something happened there, but you've got a garage. You've got two. You've got two and a half bed bathrooms. Not that you'll need them, but you know, if you need to hang up some bodies or something like that, it'll be perfect for you. You got a kitchen. You've got two bedrooms. You got a basement. You got an attic, and you got a garage. What more could you want as kindred? You were all able to move in, and claim your own little spaces, so to speak. I'm assuming that Madeline was gonna take one of the bedrooms immediately. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, probably the biggest one or the perceived biggest one mm -hmm. because she has a few things she wants to add to her bedroom. Her bed has been downsized to a queen Oof. and she now has a sleeper sofa <sighs> in there. What a shame, what a shame. It's her own choice. To queen. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you don't need all that space to stretch out. Um, and that leaves an attic, a basement. And I'm assuming, Aaron, you've taken the garage. This is your whole part of the area. Yeah, there's a corner of the garage that he actually kind of built some uh, partitions mm -hmm. to partition off where you know no light would get in during the day, even if someone threw open one of the doors. Dark room, so to speak. Yeah, basically just threw a cot, like a cheap twin bed, Ikea twin bed, and a dresser in just enough to hold his shit. And then he just sleeps there during yeah. the day. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And and Madeline, just to just to cover, you are still maintaining your other haven in Sloss Furnace, correct? Uh, maintaining in the sense of it is now a protected storage 
mm-hmm. place for the other things yeah. that she had in her haven. Uh, she's not quite ready to move them over just yet. Superman always needed a fortress of solitude as well, you know? There's so many but, connections that we can make here. <laughs> but um, she's she's not sleeping there, but she does check in there uh, every couple of nights. Excellent. Excellent. So that leaves you two, Books and Altair, the kids of this group, to fight over the other bedroom, the basement, or the attic. What are y'all thinking? I would definitely just let Altair choose first. Oh, gosh. Ever the gentleman. <laughs> um, so I think Altair's plan was to also continue to maintain his other haven. Um so he doesn't need somewhere to sleep here, but if they insist to like take a room or take the attic or something, he doesn't have a lot of stuff that he really brings over. It's mostly just um, a bunch of books. Um, mm-hmm. So he doesn't really need like a whole full room, but... Got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm also spending probably most days at my original apartment. Um, But I'm sure there's times where I'll stay there. Um, Also, also, I think I do um, just go ahead and move Watson into the news, the new place. Um, Oh, that changes things I've done over the last two weeks then. (laughs) Aaron has definitely spent time bonding with Watson. (laughs) (laughs) We all play with Watson. Plenty of uh, plenty of time of just and Watson, so so it's odd, it's odd when when books is around. Watson is like a watchdog of sorts, just like always paying attention to to what books is doing, always there around for books, um, and just like doing what it's seemingly what like what books needs or what he does. Uh, very protective of books when books isn't there. Watson's a cat. Watson takes ownership of different areas, tears into, uh, makes biscuits on furniture that he's not supposed to, just acts like a completely normal cat. Um, you know, very soft meowing all over the place, getting hair all over the place, sometimes having a hair ball. I mean, he has a little bit longer hair, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, generally he's just making a cat. And he doesn't seem too off-put by everybody. Um, seems kind of wary of Madeline, but it's not like a, I don't like you, stay away from me. It's like a, uh, it's like a, like a it's mutual, res- it's, yeah, it's a mutual, like, respect of, like, you don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. Um, but, interesting. So, to bring this all up to the present day, it's been two weeks. There's been no sign of Carson Collier. There's been no sign of tombstone, no warnings. There have been graffiti tags going up that just say words like remember underneath like a a shittily spray-painted tombstone with an onk on it. Things of that nature. Um, It's about a little bit after Thanksgiving. Or before Thanksgiving, pardon me. Um, And it's a nice, cool, windy uh, evening. I need you all to make me a rouse check. That's a 10 for me. <laughs> exquisite, exquisite. Uh, I, yeah, I pass. I, I pass. also passed. 
I did not pass, I feel. Mm. Books, you wake up a little bit hungry, and your beast is like, oh, there's all this open space out there. Able to stretch your legs. Go pay the family a visit, too. They're right down the street, you know. You all... Now, let's say this, just for the sake of posterity and getting you all in the same place. You all stayed the night there last night. You've all been spending your time kind of doing your own thing. Um, kind of interacting with each other, but not really, so to speak, like chatting, getting to know a little bit about each other here and there. But it's been kind of tense ever since what happened at the Alabama theater. Yeah. And anytime anything personal comes up, it... it especially with two weeks having gone by everyone will definitely notice Aaron will quickly change the subject of ask personal questions about his past mm, being very dodgy very dodgy uh, it's dodgy enough that you wouldn't even have to roll it and notice it I mean it's very obvious that he does not want to talk about nah. what's happened I have a real quick question excellent um so during these uh, two weeks that we've been kind of moving into this house, mm -hmm. has Altair noticed anything? Because um, you said we all get this like very odd, like something bad happens here feeling. Um, does Altair like notice anything or see anything? That's the thing. Altair has probably used since the unseen quite a few times, just in those quiet probably. moments, and has like walked around. And there's no ghosts, no spirits, nothing like that. It's just odd. It's one of those places that you just go into and you're like, this feels like a black hole of like hope almost. And like when you, when you walk down the halls, you don't like see shapes move in the shadows. You don't hear noises at night that are more than just normal noises that you hear around the area of like cars revving up and down the street from down the hill or anything. It's just odd. All right. Just wanted to double check. Mm -hmm. You all awake and it's a seemingly normal day. I imagine you're always expecting a news bulletin or a phone call or a text message from somebody asking you all to check out something that happened or something new has happened or somebody has been found dead or there's been piles of ash found all over the place, but it's been quiet. Mm. You do all wake up to a text message this morning though. And it's just from Prince Silverson from a unknown number but he signs it Alexander. And he says, For my dear, wonderful headhunters, I hope this helps your headhunting. And there's a picture attached to it, a JPEG file. And there is a large crate in the driveway of your house just sitting there with a purple bow on top of it. The fuck? So it's a picture of a crate in front of our house? Yes. It is okay. clearly it is clearly the house, yeah. Uh, Aaron will swing himself off of his cot in the garage, put his boots on, walk over, and just throw open the garage door. 
You throw open the garage door, the cool breeze comes in. It's finally fall. It's that great time where there's dead leaves abound and it's, I don't know, it's, it, it feels like fall in Alabama. You know, it's, it's been fall for a little bit, but it doesn't feel like it until you get into that tail end of November. Yeah. And yeah. sitting there, monolithic almost, you see a crate as tall as Aaron, about as wide as a refrigerator, with a purple bow on top of it. And there seems to be a card attached to it as well. Ugh, fuck. I'll pick up, pull my phone back out of my pocket. It's the, mm-hmm. the flip phone that I gave them the number for. Mm-hmm. And I'll just type into group chat. We have a present. Uh, Madeline was already on her way out, so her reply to the text message will be verbally. She's, yeah, see that. <laughs> oh. Are you are you gonna give that back anytime anytime soon? I need to wash it. Fair. I just figured no, it's fine. Don't you know what? Don't worry about it. It's cool. I think at like that point, like Altera comes out like through the front door, like around. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't say anything. He just kind of stands there awkwardly, as he does. Besides it. It looks good on you. And I'm going to walk over to the crate and pull the card off of it. Excellent. You pull the card, and it is an embossed purple with a nice little... an onk of sorts, but it has been manipulated with Silverson's own little logo that he has, where it's a... It's a... You could say it's a mirror... But instead of the crack on it that's normal for, like, a Malkavian mirror, it's got a dramaturgical face on it, of a happy face on it. Um, he's not a Nosferatu or anything, but it's just a, a nice happy face, you know? Always one for the dramatics here. Alexander Silverson. Of course. Go ahead and open it up, and it says, For my fairest blueberries, no command center is complete without some surveillance equipment. I hope this helps you eavesdrop to your heart's content. Signed, Alex. P.S. Mr. Gallagher, your next door neighbor, says that you need to mow your lawn. He's more than happy to do it for you. He'll only charge you 30 bucks. I'm just gonna like hand the card to Madeline if she's walked closer. And I'm going to see if I can lift or drag the crate. Go ahead and give me a strength in athletics. Malin's just like, what the fuck is I, this? I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking did you Did you read the card just to yourself or out yes, loud? Yes, I didn't read it out loud. <laughs> okay, then I think Altair's gonna, like, go up next to Madeline. Yeah, like... Madeline's gonna tilt it for Altair <laughs> to see. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably walk out after everyone's already <laughs> like opening the crate and everything. Hey, Two books. Successes. Books, you walk out to Madeline saying, hey, books, just in time for you all to see Aaron and be like, oh, that's, how heavy is it? And just go. <clears throat> and I just, I'm like, okay, this is really heavy. And <clears throat> it moves a little bit off the ground. Just like a little bit. Yeah. No, he doesn't even right. try. He doesn't even try fast that. He's just like, that's heavy. <laughs> um, I could, I could try to help if you want. Yeah, please. Please, please, please. I have a oh. jack 
somewhere in there, but... Mm. No. Go ahead. All right. Um, so you can both roll strength and brawl, or you can roll an assist uh, books, and then you can choose which one wants to... It's not strength brawl, but uh, strength athletics. You can choose which one can do the main role, and the other one can do an assist roll. Uh, you can do the main role. I'll assist. <laughs> okay. Excellent. While that's all happening, Altair, can you roll me a wits and awareness check, please? Sure. Madeline, you're more than welcome to as well. Oh, all right. Let's see here. That is three successes. Three successes. Um, that is eight. Eight. Out here, you can kind of see down the road. Um, your house isn't exactly like a house on the hill overlooking everybody, but it is kind of elevated, and it's looking all over the area. One success. Mm-hmm. All right. And Aaron, how how many successes for your assist? But it, it, it's, not, it's not like it's like overlooking like the house on a spooky hill. It's just kind of elevated all the other ones. Um, Do it again. Your next door neighbor that's in the card, Mr. Gallagher. It's a, it's a, it's a, he's a very, like, caring, he's a good neighbor. His name's Bernard Gallagher. Uh, he's an old black gentleman that um, he's lived in his house for ages. That's this, that's next door, but it's just a little bit down from your driveway off to the side. And Altair, you can see a front, like the back porch on and some silhouette, but Madeline, you're accustomed to these kind of like vision, uh, like, like your low light vision kind of seeing in the dark and everything. And you can see that there's just Mr. Gallagher sitting on his back porch. He's got himself a Pabst and he's just looking at you occasionally smoking from one of his black and you're like black and mild wood tip wine immediately it's just like that that smell and you can just see him just sitting there just smoking and looking at he keeps on calling you college kids like these college kids moved in everything like that because he stays up late too he works third shift at his job so when he's not working he's he's up late but he just assumes that your college kids have moved in um so while you're noticing Mr. Gallagher watching from the back porch, you also notice Aaron and Books go, okay, one, two, three, hmm. And they just manage to let it lean down. The box just leaned down you know, horizontal. It, it, you know what? Fuck this. I, I have a jack. Hold on. And I just walk into the garage <laughs> and like pull like a box out of the way and pull a tarp off of like a jack used to just like lift half of a car and mm-hmm. but like one of the rolling ones. Yeah. And I just start rolling it out and just like hoist up the crate onto it and Excellent. pull it into the garage. Excellent. Yeah, with the use of a tool, it's like you're finally just like we're we're fuck, fuck it. Um, and and he, he's he's annoyed. He's like, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Uh, once you roll it into the garage, it's on its side. Um, and you once you have it on on its side, you can tell that it says this side up. Uh, it seems that it's been nailed shut though, so you're gonna have to use a crowbar to pry it open. Yeah, I have. He has several of those, yeah. and just like picks a pry bar up off the table and tosses a second one to books if he's followed him in. Yeah, so they can like pop mm-hmm. it open faster. Pry bar yeah. and a crowbar. Quick work of it. You two popping it open. You know, doing man stuff. You know, popping open the popping open this box. Um, and when you take the top off, you set the top of this box to the side. You can see straw on the top of it, and there's and you like move it to the side. And you see gear, it's surveillance gear, mm. but it's not like modern surveillance gear. It would be modern for like early 2000s surveillance gear. 
And there's a note scrawled onto it from Jada Velasco, the sheriff, that says, Alex wanted me to send you this stuff. It's left over from when, when we had to upgrade Liner. But it's and it, it has a full list of all the things that you have provided for you. It's cameras. You got a little command center that has like TV screens and everything for you to check the cameras. It's also got parabolic microphones that you can put in different areas if you need to check for sounds and anything like that. And at the very bottom of it, there's a little kit that says for emergency only. Hey, hey. But he says, try, just trying to get everyone's attention. Come here. Please. Madeline's going to go over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try to uh, Do any of you know how to set up any of this? And I just hand you the list. Like, hand all of Just hand it to whoever gets to me first. Yeah. Cool, because fucked if I do. And I'll start unload packing it. It's old shit. We... We installed this all over Sloss. It's fine. Cool. I guess, I guess we can make use of it. I'll unpack it. And once... I'll, I will proceed to start unpacking gear. Um, mm -hmm. I'll ask one of them to close the garage door again. Uh, but once I get to that kit, I'm going to open it. <laughs> Excellent. The, the... For emergency only? Oh, yeah. You go ahead and open it up. And it's like a like a three-tiered makeup case. Mm. Um, um, those that like to wear makeup, you understand. When you open it up, it's got, it's got like your main little area, and then it's got three tiers of it, and they can pop up on the side. But instead of makeup, you see there are a series of wooden stakes, garlic, holy water, silver bullets, salt, random accoutrement that is for paranormal taking care of things. No. Seems like it's like a like a like a vampire hunter uh, kit of some no. sorts. Wow. Or like supernatural creature. What is he serious with all this? Yeah, I think so. Although uh, what are what caliber are the silver bullets? Silver bullets are three fifty seven Magnum. Useless. Great. Uh, I can use those. I just have to recast them. Yeah. Yeah, just Fuck. melt them down. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got to. I have to use a forty-five. But Did seriously, we get rerouted a fucking package from the Second Inquisition. What is all this? You know what? I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he's serious. Do you lift anything up out of the case? Yes. You go and you pick up a little bottle that has. It looks like a holy, the holy hand grenade. Yeah. You know, but it's like filled with holy water and everything, mm -hmm. and it's got the crucifix on top and everything. You pick it up, and you see there's a pressure plate that lifts off, and there's speakers in the back that you hear a, and then the, and then you hear, good evening, ghouls and gals. Oh my fucking! God. I put it back. Does it turn off the sound? <laughs> yeah, it turns off as soon as you put it. Put it back. <laughs> I'm going to take the silver bullets out and I'm going to close it. And I'm going to kick it underneath one of my workbench. Kick it underneath the workbench. It slides yeah. underneath one of the workbenches. Yeah, For no. Fuck's sake. Alright, I'm gonna need to I'll have to buy a press, but I'm gonna take those bullets, I'm gonna stick them in my jacket pocket for now. Excellent. Go ahead and add silver 357 bullets. There's 
seven of them. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So we get two whole proper bullets out of them. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, yeah, I'll make use of it. It'll be fine. Maybe I'll pick up some more. I'll go shopping. Get some silver jewelry or something and melt that down too. Fuck it. Yeah. <sighs> Although I really hope we don't run into any fucking lupines. I mean, if you need silver, you can go in my jewelry box. Hmm. Okay. But... No. It's, just... it's really nice of you, yeah. Maddie. Thank you. I don't really have a use for it anymore. It's still <laughs> nice of you. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I will mount cameras of whatever you need me to do, but this is your show. Uh, as, as far as like the cameras and all that stuff goes, I'm, I, I'm, I think the only one here who actually is the age that they look. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm fairly ta- savvy in terms of. I'm close now. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm been two really years. not that old. Well, this is just what the blood does to me. Okay. Don't look I at me. I wasn't sure. I was uh, alive before this technology. But I just say that um, as far as technology goes, um, I, I'm, you know, as savvy as anyone else. But if this is from like... I'm sure, like, I probably don't recognize because it probably was was current when I was, like, eight or something. Oh, but... yeah, you were, like, eight or nine <laughs> when this stuff was, like... <laughs> um, so probably Madeline it, is, like, the one proper yeah. person that's, like, it's, like, time for. But no, it's great. It's great. Damn, you can books. help me set it up. But there may be similarities. It's like, oh, I, that that's still a thing. Like, it's a lot of the same basic stuff. It's just less steps because it's not as fancy. Yeah. Aaron um, picks up one of the microphones. And he's like, I actually know how to use this. <laughs> Being the oldest piece of equipment in the box. Can so Altair's not the most tech savvy person. Mm-mm. I think he will um, kind of turn to Maddie and say, should we... I, I I don't know. Should we should we check it to to make sure that it's like working and not like um what's the word uh, like bugged or something like? I mean, always assume that anywhere you are is bugged. That's just Nosferatu one one. Go ahead and make me a wits investigation if you want to. Me. Either one of you. While they're talking. I'll do it. Aaron pulls out a smartphone. Okay. Unlocks it and sends a text. Oh, who are you texting, Aaron? I'm going to text one of my contacts, one of my actual contacts, not one of my new buddies. All right, all right. And just say, I need a bullet press. Your contact takes a little bit, and we're going to code name this contact Mary Jane. Sure. Uh, and Mary Chain goes, you see the, the text bubble come up and go, you laying down roots enough to have a bullet press? Mm. I don't reply immediately. Mm-hmm. Sits for a little bit and goes, 
Probably have that out to you. Need your address, though. I'll go rent a P.O. box. Thanks. Let me go. boy. You let me know. I just send a uh, thumbs up. Excellent. 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 Um, and what did you get there, Altair? Uh, I got three. A three. And a four. You two go through and kind of dig in, and you do the whole thing of, like, checking each, and, like, you unscrew the microphones and everything. You look... Don't seem to find any bugs on the surveillance equipment. Seems like it, it was a genuine show of, uh, like, a, a gift of sorts. It seems there's not been security yet that's been heavily put on y'all, that you know of. Looks fine, but again, always assume you're being bugged. Mm-hmm. Just free advice. Thanks. Also, always assume there's a Nosferatu in the room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes is. I can see them. Is that like one of your weird Malkavian visions or something? Um, no, you're usually standing right there. No, just, just sometimes like, I, I can, you know, just see, see you. <laughs> yeah, that's intentional. Okay. Um, we should probably set this stuff up. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Stop terrorizing the kid. Um, let me know if you need help. I can no. screw things into a wall. Out here. Sure you can. Aaron bumps past you. Can you go ahead and make me a resolve and aspects check, please? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Six messy crit. Six messy crit. This is different from the other premonitions that you've had before. Some of those they kind of taken you out of it and everything. But when Aaron bumps past you and he just kind of like nudges past you a little bit, you smell sulfur. No, not sulfur, it's gas and it's pungent. And dirt, blood, you hear rotor blades. Could be a helicopter, screams, and then it's gone. When you say screams, do you mean... Like multiple people screaming, one person screaming a lot. Multiple people. Sounds like young men. And okay, huh? I think so. I think what happens is that Aaron kind of you know brushes past Altair, and all of them or whoever one anyone who's looking kind of sees Altair do one of those like, um, it's kind of like that meme where he just like does like the head turn, and he has this very like alarmed expression on his face, Mm -hmm. um. And then, like, the screams happen, and he just kind of snaps out of it, and he, um, he kind of, like, <laughs> raises his hand to, like, rub his temple, like, a little bit, like, mm-hmm. and I think- Aaron's just, like, went to a toolbox and pulled out, like, a cordless drill and, like, wall, sc- like, wood screws, and he's just, like, pulling out shit they might need to mount equipment. Yeah. I don't think he says anything regarding- what happened but you can like anyone who's looking at him and cares would be able to tell that something something happened excellent otherwise he just goes and helps them set up stuff all right okay well madeline and books you two together can make uh, a uh intelligence technology role for me um if you wish could i make that dexterity and technology to properly mount the cameras of course you can excellent more than happy to work with you on that. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, indeed. 
Nine. So books. Uh, and I'm assuming y'all are setting this up in the basement, right? You're going to set up, like, all the, the monitors and stuff on, like, tables yeah. in the basement and everything. Yeah, and I'm mounting cameras with pretty much mounting one and then checking with books to see what the range mm-hmm. is and then going back up, setting the next one, checking to make sure that we get a full 360 coverage. Full 360 coverage of the property, making sure that with, like, the front door, the back door, there's no blind spots. With that nine and that three, books is impressive. Madeline is, like, taking these things, like, she grabs the drill from Aaron at one point. It's like, let me see this. And it's, like, taking them and taking, make sure the wires are wired into the wall, dropping them down exactly where they need to be in the basement and everything. Um, at one point, she she just relegates you down to the screen. She's like, check these screens. I need to know these angles and everything like that. And she's, like, going ahead, plugging these things in and everything. Imagine it's like that scene in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo where Lisbeth, uh, Lisbeth is uh, putting up the cameras around uh, the guest house. And like that, the night vision thing where you see the eyes, the different color, like waving in front of them and everything. Um, very cool. Very like, for the first time since Madeline's been staying here in this house with you all, seems very focused and like determined and like able to knock something out and excel at it. Aaron just kind of like, when she takes over, just kind of steps back. He's like, and just watch, he's just watching. He's like, hmm. Oh, okay. I, hmm. Interessante. Interessante indeed. And Madeline is also going to make sure um, to get since this is primitive, uh, well, modern primitive, mm-hmm. uh, Madeline is going to make sure that the box has those um, reflective round the corner mirrors that streets have mm. and install one on either side of the mailbox. Excellent. And then one on a nearby tree to reflect from the mailbox back to one of the cameras so that they can check the mirrors from the cameras. Excellent. Very, very smart. Yep. Duly noted. Excellent. Well, with your HQ seemingly set up, what's next for you all? Have Have I heard from Mia at all in this time? Not yet. No. Oddly enough, no. She, you, you, you thought at one point during the night that you saw her coyote out in the backyard and you kind of like had this hopeful moment and then you realize there's just a regular old coyote that just kind of like gotten through the fence somehow and was looking around for for a snack you know just as well as i do kevin how how often we get coyotes even in the city that's true yeah heck i saw a deer walking down the street like it's like a few months ago uh, Madeline is actually going to go back into the house and whoever's the first person she sees um, she's gonna turn and say hey do you know where we can get floodlights it's Aaron. Yeah. Motion, motion detected yeah easy like like how strong like film set strong um, y- yes 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do that. Hold on. Okay. He pulls the smartphone out again. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Um. And text the same person as before. Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, OMJ. Um. I need. Fifty-six k. Fifty-six k spots. Uh, motion sensor motion activated. All right. And Madeline is going to uh, take Aaron down to the cameras mm -hmm. and show him where on the cameras there are uh, tree lines and say, I need enough pointed at all of these. His brain goes into tactic calculations and he's mm -hmm. like, he, he's like two, three, five, five. I probably need like five. Let me text that. He says, I need five. That person. Bullet press, five spots, 56K. Anything else? Uh, do we need anything else? Uh, he says to Madeline. Um, anything we can get cheaper than retail? Spike strips? Yeah, I can make those. I'd like the entire property perimeter with three layers of them. That might be a little obvious. No, not in the grass. Fair. There's um, plenty of our kind that are able to not be seen and plenty of our kind that can move in shadow. We need to eliminate all possibilities. All right, fair. I can put them in a mesh so the grass will grow through them. Perfect. We'll just have nails and screws coming up through. And space them approximately. And Madeline's going to pick up her foot and try and measure it eight inches apart yeah no problem three strips three perimeter. strips deep around uh -huh. the entire perimeter we just that like type way. some notes into his phone and then yeah she's gonna say at three strips eight inches apart we're guaranteed to get their foot at least once mm -hmm. yeah that's easy uh well mm, unless they jump it but Hopefully they, they have to know it's there first. Yeah. Um, okay. That's it for me. And Madeline's going to go back to studying the cameras and studying the angles and studying the perimeter mm. of their home. Altair, you get a text message. It's from Reese. Perfect. I was just about to text him. What's it say? It says, good news, all caps. I'm home tomorrow. That's it. <laughs> but it's a lot of a lot of exclamation points and everything. Yeah, lots yeah. of exclamation points. Oh, good. Okay. Um, you know, Altair's heart doesn't really beat nowadays, so they can't really like flutter or anything. But I think there's a moment where he's like, "Oh God," mm -hmm. um, and he messages back. Um, That's amazing. We should get together tomorrow night if you're if you're free. Of course I am. Always. Thumbs up emoji. Um Aaron goes to leave the basement. Mm-hmm. And go upstairs to find the other two, but then he like turns and he stops and like absently puts his hand on Madeline's back for a second just to get her attention. Um we should, get, we should get we should get 
communications gear. So if someone's down here, they can communicate with everyone else without needing to yell or text. Yeah, I can pick up an intercom system. Okay. Something really analog will make it harder to hack in the house. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Excellent. And then I'll just turn and walk away. Excellent. Um, I think Altair will message back. Um, I think there's like a, a coffee shop that he used to go to all the time before he got super busy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, so he'll just be like, you want to meet there? Yeah, perfect. Red Cat Coffee. Sounds great. Yeah, perfect. Okay, great. And he'll send like a time, like, I don't know, the eight o'clock or something. It's, it's a, some nighttime time yeah. because, you know. It's right by Railroad Park. Railroad Park looks great at like, like a lot of people don't roam around it because it's, it's nighttime in the city, but it looks great at night. There's there's a lot of nice lights and you can hear the trains and everything and Red Cat's right across the street from Railroad Park. So yeah, perfect. Cool. I think the, the final message that Altair sends and Maurice just like, says, looking forward to it. Yeah, and I think he just says, like, me too, smiley face. Books. I, I like to imagine that this kitchen, like, in the area that Altair's reading, in, like, this, like, living room area, the kitchen has one of those, like, it's separated by a wall, but it's got the kitchen island with, like, the cutout window, so you can look into the dining, like, the living room slash dining room, and it's got, like, the three-bar stool thing set up. And books, like, you're just kind of standing there. You're, like, kind of, like, checking out the window because you thought you saw something. And then you just kind of, like, look through this, like, kitchen island window. And you can just see Altair just, like, hunched over, like, knees up, hunched over his phone, just, like, grinning, texting, tapping away. Books. At that moment, you get a phone call. Call? Um, mm -hmm. Does it say who it is? Unlisted number. Um... I'll answer it. Hello. Click. Okay. Aaron will probably come upstairs at that point. Mm -hmm. You're just like standing there with the phone. You're just like, like hung up, disconnected. Problem? Um... Someone just called me breathing heavy, and that was does, it. Does that happen to you often? No. Hmm. Does that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Fair enough. Hey, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna pick up some stuff, and I've got a contact picking me up a few things. Um, that fell off the back of the truck. Do y'all need anything? that I can get cheaper than you can get retail. Like I'm getting some floodlights and some other stuff, that sort of shit. I think Altair says, um, he like slowly puts his phone down as he's finished texting. And he says, um, no, I, I, I don't think so. But um, can we talk later? He, yeah, I guess. Fuck. I gotta, I have to do so. Yeah. Yes, we can. Sure. Um, I'm going to, also go open a P.O. box to get shit delivered so that we don't have to give our address out. I will give you all access to it. Books. You need anything, man? Um, I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, just in case if there's if there's anything you think that would um, help out with the bike, but you're the mm. expert on that. 
Good call. Yeah. Um, Mr. Storyteller, I'd like to make a roll real quick just okay. in terms of like, oh, let's see. Wits and crafts. Yes. Of course. Um, see if there's anything I, I need to get to, to help folks out with this bike. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a wits and crafts thing. Just, just from the time that you had to tinker with it and knowing what you know about your own experience with bikes, things that, that books would need. Hey, um, seven. Seven. Uh, crit. Books has a helmet. He needs a better helmet. Uh, okay. Also, with that thing, he's going to need riding pants. He's going to need, and he's yeah. going to need a, a, a jacket that's not like a hoodie or something. He's going to need something with elbow pads. He's going to need gloves that are not winter gloves. Mm-hmm. He's also going to need the bike is going to need like it's the suspension on it is going to be shot in a little bit right. and soon so it needs it needs new suspension it needs a suspension overhaul on both both front and back um, it could also use a new exhaust just to help with the horsepower and everything on it but other than that it's seat it's for 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 being as shitty as it is implied, it's actually not that bad of a bike. It's a good starter bike. Pull the smartphone back out. Hey, I need a um, new suspension and exhaust system for uh, the whatever the model of the bike is. Probably like like a lower CC Honda model, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, we should. I should. We should go shopping too. I'm not gonna pick out. You need some stuff like a jacket, like. These have like armored shit in them, so in case you fall, it, like it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, I should get you some of that stuff, but I'm not gonna presume to pick out your style. But I know right. a good shop. I found one while I was riding around the other day. Mm-hmm. We'll swing by it. Cool. Um, all right, I'm gonna go take care of a couple things, but I'll be back. And then he just turns around and walks back down to the basement. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Books and Altair, you're there by yourself. Altair, your phone rings. Oh, is there? Does it say who's calling? Unlisted number. Huh. Interesting. Um, I think he he doesn't answer right away. He mm-hmm. kind of looks at his phone for a few moments and then like looks up and like makes eye contact with books. Mm-hmm. Um. But then I think he does, like, tentatively, like, answer it. Hello? You're in my house. Click. Oh. So, first question. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming I don't recognize that voice. No, it sounded distorted. Distorted, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, can I... Who? Um... Can I... Do I have any idea of, like, how... Does it sound, like, technologically distorted? Or, like... Sounds like whoever it was was putting on a voice. Okay. Yeah. It, like, cl- 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 like, it clearly sounded like somebody was... Like, I was just doing was deepening their voice. Okay. Sound like this. Um, and then was was that some, did it sound like threatening? It just says you're in my house. 
just kind of a statement. Okay. Um, so uh, as Altair like hangs up the phone or, you know, he lowers the phone, he looks up at books and he says, someone just called and said that we were in their house. That's all they said? There was a lot of, um, like, breathing, too. Um, oh, that just happened to me. They didn't say anything to me, though. They just was breathing and then hung up. I think um, someone is messing with us. Yeah, but how would they get all of our numbers? Yeah. That's, uh, that's creepy. Um, where is Madeline? Is she just, like, she's, uh, downstairs in the basement? Yeah, yeah, I am still in the basement. And then we saw Aaron go back down in the basement. Mm -hmm. Okay, then I think Altair is going <laughs> to head down to the basement. Um, Aaron would have just gone down there and he would have been like, hey. Um, when you get down there, you see Madeline has turned the command center table and monitors to where her back is no longer facing the door. Her back is against the wall now. Hey, uh, I'm gonna what? go open a P.O. box so we don't have to have shit delivered here. Okay. Like, all the shit I'm about to have delivered. Um, Why are you telling me? So you can use it, too. Okay. Cool. Um, and that's probably the length of time till Altera comes downstairs. <laughs> yeah, so... I'll, I'll follow, too. Yeah, perfect. Um, so he party. comes downstairs and he he turns to uh, Madeline and mm. Aaron and he says, I just got a call from someone who says that we're in their house. Oh, good. We got a goddamn ghost. I mean, I haven't seen any ghosts. Take it from someone who lived in a house with a ghost. That's probably it. Okay. Um. That or somebody knows we live here and that's a much bigger problem. Would you rather it be that or a ghost? I was just letting you know. Um. <laughs> it's fine, dear. Thank you. Just in case you also get a phone call with some person. There was a lot of breathing. Heavy breathing. Um, it kind oh, of, wonderful, a pervert ghost. Yeah, it, it kind of sounded like it was, um, it was, like, putting on, like, a, 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 a deeper voice. Um, uh, hey. just thought you should know. Okay. Thank you. A ghost, of course. Because that's what we need. Um... The lesser of evils that we could have in this fucking place. You know what? Speaking of. Oh, fuck. Aaron reaches into his jacket and pulls out the sawed-off shotgun that he normally has stashed in his bag and mm -hmm. just walks over and puts it on the desk next to Madeline and then just turns around and walks away. The hell? He starts going upstairs. You yep. do know a sawed-off shotgun don't kill a fucking ghost, right? It's not for... Not ghosts. Whatever. So is is that a big problem, or do we just have a new roommate now? 
Yay. I mean, we can we can look into it, but color me jaded, but living where I did, I'm pretty uncomfortably used to weird men saying weird shit in the dead of night. Erin just stops on the stairs and turns around and leans down and looks back down at her. Don't look at me like that. Continues back upstairs. And with that, we'll say that the rest of this night goes on. You get your P.O. box set up. No more bumps in the night. No more phone calls. Everything seems pretty normal. And we retire till the next day. Can I get a uh, rouse check from you all? Success, success. Success from everybody? Oh. Seems like the beast is nice and comfy here, just like you all are. Getting everything situated. The next day you wake up, or next evening you wake up. It's another... It seems like a cold snap has hit a little bit. It's always temperamental here in Alabama. It's chilly. You... Wake up. Go about your daily duties. Madeline, you're checking the surveillance. Out here, you're reading again, getting ready to meet with Reese. Aaron, you're in the garage, taking a look over with books over his bike and everything. Madeline, you see a black SUV pulling into the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um. We're in the garage, would we hear it? Yep. Aaron pulls his gun out immediately. Mm-hmm. Madeline's gonna send a text immediately uh, to the group chat that just says, uh, black SUV driveway, no identity. Just like looks at books, puts his finger up to his mouth and walks over towards the garage door, but stands to the side of it with a gun down at his side. It crawls up the driveway and it stops. It sits and idles. Then the front door opens. You see a gentleman wearing a military black military coat with pockets, cargo pants, black boots, step out, looks around, taps an earpiece, says something, closes the door, opens the back door to the SUV, and you see Carson Collier step out in a justice suit. Can I, I, I have been texting the play-by-play of this to them. Can I have activated heightened senses? Yeah. Sorry, I meant, to, I meant to say that. So it's like, yeah. um, go ahead and... Uh, can I have... Do, do I hear what the person said? Uh, let's see. Go here. Let's see. It's free. Check. Yeah, it's, it's free. Just on. Yeah, it's free. It's just on. Go ahead and give me... Um, since you got it activated, you can actually give me a what's an awareness check, and it won't be impeded or anything like that. Perfect. Yeah, Madeline's just giving, like, the shorthand play-by-play. Like, man, black suit, earpiece, trunk, Carson. Mm-hmm. That's six successes with a crit. <laughs> you hear the guy say, and he's got a slight Russian accent. He goes, we've pulled up the drive. The perimeter seems clear. Carson's going to go to the front door and try to speak. Uh, Carson is... He re- leans into the the SUV and he pulls out a wine bottle. 
I motion for books to follow me, and I move back into the house from the garage and towards the front door. Madeline's going no to text, Carson has wine, potential sap bullshit. <laughs> Aaron's looking at his phone and just kind of looks at the gun. Walks up to the front porch, and you can hear it clearly, a knock at the door. Did anyone else come to the front door with me? Madeline just texts front door, clear. I, f- I follow, I'm with Aaron. Mm-hmm. I think Altair's just like hiding in his room at this point. <laughs> I gesture to the front door and look at books like. I'm like, um, I'll go, I'll go um, answer the door or I'll, I'll go up to the door and just say, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll open the door. Let's open the door. You open the door, and Carson gets like a, like his face kind of brightens a little bit. And he goes, oh, books. It's good to see you. You look well. Thank you. Is, is everyone here? Um, uh, probably so. Um, what's, what brings you here? I wanted to have a discussion with you four, and I holds up the bottle. It looks like a Chianti style bottle and um he goes i brought a housewarming gift so to speak and a olive branch let him in i say from kind of like around the corner i see aaron's here um well i'm i'm willing to talk i can see if if everyone else is as well but you can come in if you'd like text just madeline Mm -hmm. i'm like he wants to he's acting like he wants to bury the hatchet Madeline looks at her phone and just <sighs> and gets up from her desk and heads upstairs and with that we will take our break it'll be a five minute break we'll be back at 8.45 9.45 um, so sit tight grab some water grab some more snacks We'll be back very soon. And we are back. I hope you had an excellent break, a little bathroom break, grab some snacks and everything like that. Um, So yeah, Carson has walked in. Uh, To describe what he's wearing, he's wearing, it seems to be a nicely tailored suit. He's wearing a bolo tie and a shirt, and he's got sunglasses on. Um wearing them at night. They just seem to be like aviators, um, heavily tinted aviators. Uh, he walks in with a bottle. I would like to immediately make a Witson insight check. Go for it. Does my heightened senses affect that? In a way, a bit. it would be like, you'd be able to like hear things, like hear his heartbeat. Oh, if there was a heartbeat, you would be able to hear his heartbeat, but. Like I can, he- I can maybe pick out differences in his tone of voice yeah. body language okay yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna add that bonus yeah we'll say that 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 yeah fuck it while he's doing that can i activate sense the beast i, I just kind of want to get a sense of his like like Go is he it. hostile or 
hungry or whatever. Yeah, go ahead and roll uh, wits aspects or intelligence aspects. Uh, wits aspects, yeah. For me? Yes, for you. Or no, 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 no. It wouldn't be the like result. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, God. Animalism. I saw, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cr- yes, yeah. Should be resolve animalism. Wits, wits, yeah, resolve yeah. animalism. Exactly. Resolve animalism. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. I was, I was reading Since the Unseen. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since the Beast. Just had to scroll up one more. Uh, two. Two? So, he seems calm. Slightly nervous. Doesn't seem hostile, though. Just the way that he's standing and everything like that. He's, he seems like boardroom Carson. This is like he, he's, he's in peak venture mode right now. He's, he feels comfortable in this environment. He's used to making negotiations before. He goes, um, Aaron, it's good to see you. Likewise. Um, are the other two here? Mm-hmm. They'll be down shortly. Excellent. Well, shall we talk in your living room? Uh, Aaron kind of glances at... Uh, this is actually for the rest of the coterie. How furnished have we made this place? <laughs> I was going to ask Madeline that. has at least made, like, five Ikea orders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well furnished. It's well furnished, but it's furnished with, like sparse ikea <laughs> it's yeah. ikea it's aaron fancy. gestures to a room that has a couple like wing back chair like ikea wing back chairs mm-hmm. in it and just like flops down and puts his feet up mm-hmm. and, and and in our world ikea delivers on time uh here um and he goes oh, excellent and he goes this is comfortable i like this yeah, these aren't bad. I've definitely fallen asleep in one, which is pretty dangerous. Glances <laughs> at the windows. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be a problem. Well, seems that you're all settling in. Altair, do you head downstairs? Yeah, and I think as soon as Altair, uh, like, enters the room, he would activate Scry the Soul. Okay, go ahead and make me a rouse check, please. Will do. As the beast is like, he's right here. There's four I of you, only passed. one of them. Passed. And you managed to move the beast down, push the beast down a little bit. Go ahead and make me an intelligence and aspects. Here we go. Here we go. Five. You get like a flash. And the kind of energy and emotion that's coming off as you feel like there's kind of like a, like a pull and a tear a little bit. And like you're, you're, you're kind of like your eyesight. It's almost like somebody has pulled open curtains a little bit. And he seems, he's hiding it well, but he seems melancholic, sad, regretful, maybe. Um, so I have to ask. Of course. How is, how is he doing? Oh, well that's, actually why I'm here. Madeline, have you come up yet? Oh, I was there the whole oh, time. Oh, God. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Just like everybody else, I'm always like, oh, man, where the fuck's Madeline? Um, um, she was definitely, like, to the side of the room, to though. The side like, of... She, wasn't, she wasn't trying to be, like, obvious. He um, looks, he goes, yes, uh, of course. I brought a housewarming gift. Um, he sits it on the table that's in the middle of the room. He goes, 
That is from a friend in Chicago. Uh, it's mm. very fine blood wine. It is. Mm. It's it's from Italy, mm. but not where you would usually get it. It's a very good vintage. Figured to be a nice housewarming gift and also a olive branch. Thanks. Why? I wanted to apologize for how I acted two weeks ago. I was in a state. Clearly. And I should not have been present. But mm. Alex was adamant that I'd be there. Because uh, we need yeah. to vote. Yeah, he, he seems like he's very into formalities. I know you don't know much about me, any of you. I'm a very private man, even though I do dealings in the public with the city council and the mayor here. But I've been here for an extended part of my unlife. I consider Birmingham a home more than most. I was here before Alex was here. My father, my sire, moved us here from the north. We fled a long time ago. He took up a position in politics and I played his son. Hmm. That whole time, Ian has been by my side since the beginning. He looks at books, the very beginning. So, when I had found out that it was Ian that had been grabbed from offices of ours that were supposed to be very secure, and he was... We all know what happened. It's okay. Butchered mm -hmm. by that monster. I acted out. I acted irrationally, and I was angry, and I was confused, but most importantly, I was hurt. I was hurt by Alex. When I said that he's been running this city like his own personal circus, that was not me speaking metaphorically or exaggerated. I respect the four of you, whether you believe it or not. Because of what you did in a mere 48 hours. What I do not respect is people who, granted, have been living here for most of their lives, and people who are just new to this area being given power without limits. If I may. Of course. It was your attitude that led to that. You forced my hand. Books, have they told you about the Sabbat? It hasn't come up. We generally like to cover that in the 102 class. I'll be brief then. The Sabbat is a sect, a splinter group, of zealots 
murderers, ravagers, monsters. They like to view their relationship with mortals as um, gods and subjects. I think that puts it in a slightly clearer picture. Our city has never been big. We're not as big as Atlanta. We're sure as shit not as big as New Orleans. And no one considers us. But when the Sabbat was manipulating things, seemingly trying to run the show, we were hit hard. Alex had to flee the city. They completely overrun us. I stayed here. And I led people, good kindred, to their deaths to take this city back, tooth and nail. I want you to know this and understand that this city has always been my city. Not in a, it's mine, it's my property, I lord over it or anything, because I don't see things like that. I believe in the democratic process. I'm an American first. And I believe that things should come to votes and things should be taken care of. I don't appreciate madmen and despots making brash decisions that could ruin us. May I ask a question? Of course. And he leans back and he goes, do you mind? And he pulls out a cigarette case. Not on my new furniture. Of course. I apologize. Old habits die hard. You can take it on the patio later. Or in the garage. I'd like that. Please, ask your question. What's coming out of your mouth right now teeters on the very edge of treason. So, I will advise if this is the conversation we're about to have... Speak plainly. I don't want it flowered. I don't want miscommunication. I think you understand from the way that I demanded exact rules for what we were capable of. If we are about to have a treasonous conversation, I want to make sure that we are having a treasonous conversation. No treason. No treason whatsoever. Hmm... I merely want you to do your jobs, but... And I merely want you to speak plainly, please. To an extent that Alex might have overlooked. Nobody is clean in this, in the running of this city and in this tombstone situation. That much is clear. Alex has had plenty of opportunities to develop a task force, get people together, get people boots on the ground investigating this thing, and he has dragged his ass for far too long. He dragged his ass when the first person showed up, and even though they were just some lowly urchin, they were still part of this society. I'm just asking, imploring you, when you look at subjects and suspects and persons of interests, Alex should never fade away from your purview. 
Mm. Don't keep them in a rearview mirror. So to put this plainly, as I requested, you want us to keep Alex as a suspect the entire time? The entire time. That is indeed correct. Glad we have that crystal clear. You seem like you've paid more attention to this than most people have. I have. Do you have any information on the other victims? I've collected an extensive study of what I could with what I had at my disposal that wasn't immediately put up by barricades, roadblocks, and speed humps. He reaches into his other side of his jacket pocket and he holds up a hand. And he Aaron pulls doesn't out, make a move. He pulls out a flash drive and he sets it on the table beside the, the wine bottle. You beat me to my second question. I will lean forward and pick up the flash, just slide the flash drive over to myself and palm it. That is the second part of my olive branch. Appreciated. I have a quandary. This is a lot that you're bringing to our feet right now. Mm. I appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate some wine that I'm absolutely not going to (laughs) drink. And I appreciate your candor. Two weeks ago, your mouth could have been our heads. So what takes you from nearly causing all our deaths to handing us a silver platter of information and suddenly we are to be, shall we say, partners? Why the change of heart? Assuming that he has drawn her attention, mm-hmm. or she has drawn his attention, rather. Yeah, he, he's, he's making direct eye contact with him. Um, uh, and she's on the other side of the room as me. I'm actually going to catch her eye mm-hmm. and just, just acknowledge what she said subtly. It's not, it's not a, like, watch yourself look. It's a, like, thank you asking that question look he's still maintaining eye contact with Madeline and he just takes up a finger and he points it at books again speak plainly please he is the sole reason why I took the time to think about our situation well that and some other things Elaborate. Books. How are you this evening? I'm great. Are you acclimating well? Yeah, things are well. Are they teaching you things that you need to learn? Um, I would say so. Books. Have you noticed any other gang girl in the area? Any of your own? Not really. Um, Can you please roll me manipulation and persuasion? Six. He looks at you, and it's only a moment, but you can tell that he's definitely, like, sizing up your answer. Fuck it, I'll grab it later. And he goes, you know there's a reason for that, don't you? Um, I, 
I've been somewhat led to believe that just certain clans are kind of on the outskirts, but I don't really know all of the details. Gangrel were actually very important to this area. The South is rife with them. All over the place. They're damn useful. They can get you what you need. They can take care of you as well. The Gangrel of this area did not like the status quo. And they sided with the Sabbat a long time ago. And our dear Tremere Primogen, Gregory Reuters, by order of Alexander Silverson, Prince of Birmingham, Alabama, made sure to show that that was not something that was a proper decision. They took them. They exiled some, some that were just minor players. We used to have a gangrel primogen around these parts. And he was given the final death. In full display of kindred society. Right in the Why? middle of Legion Field. Why? The gangrel are the ones that let the Sabbat inside. The Sabbat made promises to them. Promises that they intended for the Sabbat to keep. What they did not intend, though, was for us to be successful in routing the Sabbat. Mm. A lot of things happened that night, including Jada Velasco being made sheriff. Jada Velasco is a La Sombra. She's former mm -hmm. Sabbat. So are a lot of people. Mm. Books. Until a newcomer just came recently. This Luca character. You have been the sole gangrel in this area. The reason it was so special for you to be here and to be what you are suggests that there's another one of you running around these parts. And if there's another one of you running around these parts, they're probably tied to that group. That's why Alex was so, so adamant that you make decisions. I mean, that makes sense. He leans forward and he goes, I want it to be very clear. In front of these two, who do not like me at all, and this one, who I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Ian's he, taken, point he points to Aaron and, and Madeline, who don't like me at all. And then he points to this one, Altair. He's like, who I don't know. Ian's taking a shine to you, though. Books, I am not your enemy here. I got no beef with you. And I with you neither. I worry that Alex wants you to be his own personal little guard dog. And I think that there could be much more for you in the society than that. You're young. You're very young. And that terrifies Alex. And he leans back in his chair. All due respect. 
And pardon the way I'm about to word this, my coterie may inform you I am not the most delicate with words. <laughs> it's fine. I understand that when someone says with all due respect, they actually mean the opposite. Thank you. Good to know you were raised in the South. Why the fuck should we trust you? you I would like to reiterate we almost died because of you. You shouldn't trust me. Good. You shouldn't at all. Then we'll take what you said under advisement. I will agree to nothing here and now. Good. While they're talking, mm -hmm. have the three men outside changed their behavior in any way, shape, or form since he's been inside? You've heard cigarettes being lit. They're talking in Russian. Or is it Bulgarian? It's kind of hard. Are they just staying Shooting by the SUV? They're staying by the SUV. Okay. Whoever hired them, whoever he's got, they listen, or they're being paid well. Another question. Mm -hmm. Why'd you show up to our house unannounced for such a conversation? That's a good question. You do realize we could have absolutely had your head for setting foot in our driveway. Because I wanted to give you that opportunity if you needed it. I'm going to keep that opportunity in my back pocket, if you don't mind. I fully expect you to. Good. Now, if I may ask a more personal question. This one you can feel free to not answer, but know that I will judge you if you do not. Mm -hmm. Judging him already. I want the truth about you and who came with you to our home and what Ian was to you, why you truly distrust Alex and why the fuck you think that's any of our concern. Please make a charisma intimidation can do uh while she's ro rolling that um throughout this whole conversation it seems like carson has been pretty straightforward and honest question mark that was a question for the most part there's been for some the flux part. there's been some fluctuations where he's put on the boardroom charm he, he he's kept the he's kept the the veneer up but there's been times when like when like when he was talking to books Deadly serious. Okay. He looks at you and he goes, Three successes, messy crit. Three successes, messy crit. All right. He looks at you and his nostrils flare a little bit. He sits back and from the lower, like his pants pocket, he pulls out a flask, unscrews it. Drains from it. And then looks at books and then offers the flask to to books. Um, I'll take it. You take it? Yep. I books don't drink that till he answers my question. I just watch. Do you sniff it at least? Yeah, I'll sniff it. It smells delicious. It's blood. What does it smell like? 
It smells like... Books, you're used to nightlife and everything like that. You're used to going out and about. I imagine there's once in a time where Books is like, I really want to try like really high quality liquor. Maybe like, I wanna, I wanna ball out a little bit. And so I get some really expensive tequila shots. It smells like blood. It's got that irony, that copper, like, sucking pennies kind of smell to it. But there's like an undertone of agave. And you can tell that this has bite. Forgive me if I'm just not used to Ventru bullshit, but we're dancing around a maypole to a point. I believe I asked you a question. He's smiling at books, and then he goes back to you and he goes, so you want to know about the gentleman outside, my relations to Ian, and my hesitancies about Alex. I want them truthfully. And you can choose to not say a single thing. But the things that you are asking of us puts our head directly back on the chopping block that I just did a whole lot of work to get them off. The three gentlemen outside are security that I have recently acquired because there was an attack on a project in office that I had approved of with the Primogen Council. Guru in this city attacked a, a local office where we were housing some of their pack members. We were providing them to a different corporation that was going to provide a lot of funds and a lot of technological upgrades for the city to keep us better protected from mortals and others that want to see us injured. My Thanks. life and the life of someone I deeply care about was in deep trouble. So I have hired some gentlemen that are very, very capable of taking care of things. They come from a different part of the world that's Eastern Europe where things happen, they go bump in the night all the time, and these three gentlemen know exactly what to do to take care of them. Wonderful. They sound effective. Next question. Ian, to put it plainly, is not just my childer, is not just a dearly devoted companion or friend or assistant or anything, but he is, in fact, someone that I deeply, truly love and care about. That explains your unseemly and unprimogen-like behavior. Very well, next question. We all need something to hold on to about humanity. And why do I not care for Alex Silverson? The truthful reason, not the Camarilla reason. Have you sipped from the flask yet? Books? No. He goes ahead and he takes the flask from you and he takes another big swig and he hands it back to you. And he goes and he undoes the, he undoes the um, bolo tie clasp, puts it down, takes it off, sets it on the table. He takes off his jacket, neatly folds it, or neatly like folds it in half, puts it on the, on the couch, and he starts unbuttoning his shirt. And he goes... Do you want to know why his last name is Silverson? I do love a good tale. Alexander's father was a Jewish silver mer merchant. He came over on the boat. His family had seen nothing but strife and struggle in their times. Alex had seen nothing but struggle and strife in his times, but he knew well how to handle metal. His father became much acclaimed. Alex was able to become an actor. Then he was turned. 
Alex has always held on to those thoughts and goals of how he's able to, and the craft. He's very, very good with metal and working with jewelry and fine crafting. To understand and know exactly who to trust at all times, and he takes his shirt off, and you see from this point down, right here, so it doesn't show up if like, if you like roll your sleeves up a little bit, and going all the way up his arms, and onto his chest and his back, you see irritated, aggravated skin. It looks like it has been deeply, deeply inflamed. And you see hints and flecks of silver lining in intricate designs all the way up from his arms all the way into his back. He marked every single member of his Primogen Council to know that we would always be indebted to him, that we'd always care for him, because he is that paranoid of the so-called boogeyman or the sabbat. Madeline is going to approach him. Mm-hmm. And I would like to make, if I may, with some medicine to investigate this. Go and find it. out why. See if I can determine why it has not healed out of his body. Uh-huh. Because it should have reset overnight. Yep. Uh, so that is going to be four successes. He allows it. He holds his arms out. And you get up close. And the craftsmanship... I'll just say, forgive me, I'm a nurse. Uh -huh. The craftsmanship is divine on this. It is one-of-a-kind, in intricate, and it goes farther than into the skin, into the bone. Something involved in that area is probably what's keeping it in, but it's probably nothing medical. It's something extra. Okay. While sh this is happening after he explains that story, I just get up, I walk over to where Books is, and I take the flask from him, and I take a huge swig from it, and I hand it back to him, and then I just, like, lean up against the wall. Ian, do you have any hunger? Or, uh, Aaron, do you have any hunger? Pardon me. Uh, yeah, I have one. Go ahead and remove it. Hmm. It is the most pleasant and most biting tequila you've <laughs> ever drank, but it's not tequila. It's clearly blood, the consistency of it. Fine craftsmanship. After, after seeing Aaron do it, I immediately... Oh, <laughs> well, take, Dad's doing it. <laughs> take a swing. <laughs> Go ahead and remove your hunger. Same. Remove all of it or just one? All of it. Madeline's going to stand and think for a moment. Clearly uh, pissed. Mm-hmm. Not, not at, mm -hmm. uh, not at Carson. Just mm -hmm. pissed. She's gonna roll up her sleeve mm -hmm. and put her wrist to Carson. Mm -hmm. Prove a point. I protect you. You incapable of hurting me. 
Roll a manipulation and persuasion for me, please. Can do. Four successes, critical. He looks at you. He goes, Oh. You're going to have to give me a little bit more than that, sweetheart. I'm already bound to one person. I didn't say person. I would help you. I didn't say I'd help you. I want an assurance that you will not turn on us because of what you're asking. Because for all intents and purposes, I could have had this house bugged and I can have a tape to Silverson within 30 minutes. Or quicker. I work like Pizza Hut. Can you go ahead and roll me a manipulation persuasion? All right. Uh, as that exchange is happening, Altair just like slowly turns to look at Aaron to see what his like expression looks like. Neutral. <laughs> uh, so that is going to be eight successes. He looks at you Critical. And, he, and he goes, I would fully expect that. This is my assurance, as I sure as shit do not want you puppy following me around. But I want assurance that you can't betray us. In turn for us not intentionally betraying you. Because you know good and damn well that I would betray you right now. He looks at books. And he goes. This is a learning moment. You get, you don't ever get anything for nothing. And you're always getting fucked over. Are you really wishing me to do this? Yes. To become bonded to you. I assure you, it is the last thing I want. So please take my contempt for you as mutual assurance of my word for your word. Hell, I'm the whipping boy for one person that has a power trip. Might as well make it two. Might as well. And he bears his fangs. And he's gonna go ahead and take a big gulp. And he is not going to like it because that is Nosferatu blood. Mm -hmm. And he, and like as soon as his fangs penetrate like your ang your your wrist, he, he goes. <sighs> oh, I know. Tastes like fucking gasoline, don't it? <sighs> and um, go ahead and give me a rouse check, please. Oh, yeah. Altair is watching. I definitely am going up. Mm -hmm. Intently. Mm-hmm. Um, and go ahead and take a stain as well. Will do. Actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Had to check my sheet, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I earned that. And he drinks. And as soon as he feels that it's sufficient, yeah. he pulls away. Battle and, mm. and he... <sighs> Mm. 
satisfied. Also, if you must question me, now Silverson can't bond you either. If we're to do your dirty work, I want to make sure you're safe too. Don't ever think I do things for no reason. There. Now get out of this house before you look at me all sad-like. He takes his shirt, he puts it on slowly. And he puts on the bolo tie, puts on his jacket, adjusts it. He looks at books with a flask and he goes, you can keep that. And he pulls out a silver case, pops it open, pulls out a card and hands it to you as well. Books. He goes, you can keep that as well. And Madeline's going to storm back downstairs. Let's take a quick look at the card. It says Carson... Says Carson Covington of the Covington Philanthropic Group, and it has his number for his office and his personal cell on it. Okay. And he goes. I hope you three are all happy. And now you know exactly who you have underneath your roof. I pick up the wine bottle. Mm-hmm. I walk away. I walk back out to the garage. Mm-hmm. Altair, Ian hopes you're doing well. And wanted to send my regards to the four of you for helping him. Yeah, I, um, I hope that he's doing better as well. Um, sorry for... And then he just kind of, like, looks off in the direction that, like, both Aaron and... Madeline kind of like walked away. Oh no, I understand. Sometimes a dog's been kicked too many times. It doesn't know how to trust anybody that offers out a bone. I'll be away. You all have an excellent evening. And he pulls out a cigarette case, puts a cigarette, lights it in the middle of the living room now that Madeline and Aaron are gone, and then walks out and he's just... and just whistles the tune to Cold Cold Heart by Hank Williams as he opens up the door, closes it, and you can hear Aaron still from the garage, him whistling as he gets in the car, and he says in almost perfect, fluent, whatever language, Bulgarian or Russian, whatever these folks are speaking, speaks to them, they open up the door for him, he gets in, and they drive away. Out in the garage. Uh-huh. I rip the cork out of the bot- bottle, smell it. Mm-hmm. Is it also laced with alcohol? Mm-hmm. Take a drink, like, a third of it. Yeah. You gulp, it and it's like, and I want to imagine the image. It's, it's, it's like in the Scorpion King movie when... Dwayne the Rock Johnson's drinking from a bag of wine, and it just like you you drink it and you're like gulping, and it's delicious. It is the most delicious thing that you've had in a while, and it starts spilling out over your mouth a little bit, and on your cheek, chin, and everything, and kind of onto your shirt and everything, and then you finally realize that you've been at it for about a third of the bottle, and you stop. And Put it down. 
you feel invincible for like a moment, like like just for a momentary, like you feel the most like this is the most connected to the beast that you've been, like without it trying to like talk shit to you or anything like that. The beast is sated. Hmm. Wipe my face off. Mm -hmm. Take it. Take one of those grease rags and wipe it off. Toss it in the corner. Is there anything else anyone needs to do? Or needs to say to anybody? I'll, um, I guess I'll, I'll lean over to Altair and and say, so can you uh, explain what just happened there? Oh, uh, you mean like at, at the end or? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so when uh, Kindred, uh, you know, drinks drinks the the blood of another kindred, like like straight from the vein, then they develop this sort of um, supernatural blood bond, where the person who drinks the blood is is kind of. Um, they they kind of see the, the the person as more favorable. They they trust them more. They um, and there's like a, a, a small pause, and then he continues. And and if you if you keep drinking that person's blood over the course of you know a couple of days, then you basically become kind of just their 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 thrall. Like you will do whatever they say. So basically, you should try to avoid that. Try to avoid drinking other kindred blood? Straight from the vein. Okay. Um, I guess Madeline was trying to do it as a, like, well, like she said, a, uh, uh, assurance. Right. That that makes sense now. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, I think just during that explanation, it, it was pretty clear that Altair felt a little uncomfortable explaining it. Uh, but he's trying his best to educate. Do you um, want any of this? I, I hold up the flask. Oh, uh, no, that's all right. Thank you. Okay. And I've I think I'm just going to sip on it <laughs> for the rest of the time till it's empty. After a minute, mm -hmm. Aaron gets up, mm -hmm. comes back into the house, mm -hmm. opens the door to the basement, slams mm -hmm. it behind him, and goes downstairs. Got it. Clomp, 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 clomp. What? Shut up. And he walks over and he kisses her. And Madeline kisses him back. Tastes like agave and rich blood and motor oil. And with that, the camera pulls out of the house. It moves and it follows a black SUV as it winds onto an on-ramp, onto I-20, 
and pulls around. And it pulls up outside the Redmont Hotel. Carson gets out. He walks right in. The SUV pulls away. He doesn't even go to the front desk or to the bar. He goes to the, to the elevator and he hits penthouse. The elevator rises. And we can see the audience. He's shaking. And he's just saying, fuck, fucking, fuck them. Fucked a lot of them. Fucking. And he spits in the elevator again. And the elevator dings and he walks out. And he walks up and you see two gentlemen wearing buttoned-up polos, holsters, tactical gloves, cargo pants with knee pads, and just a little embroidered octopus symbol on their polo. One of them checks him. They pull out a long cavalry dagger that was in his sock. They hold on to it. And in Bulgarian, they say, in. The doors open. We walk into the penthouse of the Redmont Hotel, and it is trashed. There are animal skins all over the place. There is carcasses. We hear screams as a woman with a almost like a xenomorph kind of head is straddling a gentleman and is maneuvering with a delicate finger the skin and the bone structure in his face, changing his face into different famous actors. You hear a thud of a hatchet and we see a scraggly olive complexion man with his hair tied back and a soul patch kind of goatee deal and he has a, a hawk on his shoulder that's sitting and picking at a bowl that's in a seems like it's like a cigarette ashtray fresh meat out of it that's been cut out of some of the bodies and it's eating and pecking and Carson moves past them and the woman looks at him and smiles gleefully and he walks out onto a patio, a terrace, with a seven-foot-tall man wearing no shirt, covered in tattoos of octopus tentacles up and down his arm. And he's sitting, and he's enjoying a cigar. And there's a woman that is relaxed in a sun chair, and she's smoking and looking out over the city as well. And you see a double-bearded axe that's beside this man, and he grabs it, and he turns around, and you look at him, and you see the eyes, his eyes of a devil. And he looks right at Carson, and he goes, did you tell them? Carson just nods. Did they believe you? She made me drink her blood. 
and he grips the axe and he goes, whatever it takes. Carson goes, whatever it takes. And he goes, the man walks up to him and he pats Carson on the head and he goes, though you are weak, you're no more than a mere goat. You've done well. The old boy gets to live for another night. And he walks into the penthouse. And that is where we will end our session for this evening. Um, I would like to thank everyone here for joining us this evening. Uh, had a little, uh, had a nice little, nice little day in, didn't we? Nice little night in. You know, sometimes you don't always have to go out to the bar or something. You just have fun with your friends inside. <laughs>